and everyone else as well. We're so glad that you're uh, joining, joining us this morning and spending Mother's Day with us. Um, we're going to be going through this morning something out of the book of Ruth. Out of the book of Ruth. So if you will turn to the book of Ruth. We're going we're gonna to work our way through this this morning. And this word is not just for uh, women. It's also, it's for anyone. Because any of these things apply to our lives. But we are taking an example and, and a, a, a woman from the Bible as an example this morning. And we want to, to know that or, or understand that any of these things can apply to any, any person, anyone. And I want to talk this morning about leaving, how to leave a legacy, how to leave a legacy. And you know, this is something in, in my heart that's, that's dear because, and it's one of the reasons I, when I started the School of Ministry, I called it Legacy University because every person has the opportunity, not everybody takes the opportunity, but every person has the opportunity to leave a legacy. And that is something that gets imparted into every person that they pass on to someone else. And it impacts them so that it continues on and they impact someone else and a generation after them. And I don't know if, how many of you this morning have someone specifically in your life that majorly impacted you, whether uh, spiritually or they, they had a, a huge impact in your life uh, in, in the ways of the Lord or in the ways of just strength, love, compassion? Amen. I have too. And those those things get imparted by people not by cars or businesses or you know other things and materialistic things they can't be imparted materialistically they're only imparted by the choices of people by the choices of people and of course you know when we stop we take our, our Sunday mornings and we stop and we get into the word. Those are moments when we think, am I making an impact? How am I allowing God to change my life so it can matter and I'm changing someone else's life? So let's get into this word this morning on how to leave a legacy, how to build a legacy. Father, I thank you for this example in the word of God for uh, the the individual Ruth, Lord, that she is an example to many things in our life on how we should be. And, and Lord, that you have uh, placed this book in the, in the word of God for us to learn from. I pray that you would speak to every heart. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move upon every person this morning, that they would not leave this place today unchanged, but that each person would have ears to hear, eyes to see and perceive the things of your your word that you want to impart and implant in their heart today. And Father, that that fruit will, will grow in their life and they'll be able to impart it to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the things in life that 
end up mattering the most are typically things that we have to do on a daily basis. It's the consistent, the things that we don't always think a lot about. You know, we like the big kaboom. We like the big, you know, I do one big thing and I make this huge impact. But it's, it's typically the little things, the routine things, day in and day out, that really leave a mark, that really make an impact. And, you know, I just want to wanna look through these four chapters of Ruth this morning. I'm going to pick out certain passages out of each chapter. And in each chapter, there's going to be one theme or one part that I'm going to have you uh, really pay attention to or underline. And it's really going to speak to us and, and show us something about, about Ruth. But let's go ahead and, and read uh, the first chapter of Ruth. And I'm not going to read, you know, the whole chapter of all four, but the, the first chapter I am. Uh, it's got a lot in there. In Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. They went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, the other Ruth. And after you get the victory. When God comes through and he shows his hand and his divine favor in your life, it's going to show. It's going to show. Chapter 3. So she, she receives this favor. He does extra stuff. He sends her home with extra grain. In chapter 3, it says, One day Naomi, her, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz with whose servant girls you have been a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but do not let him know that you are there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. Verse 5, I will do whatever you say. Ruth answered, so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. And, of course, she did. I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter, but she goes down. She does the, that very thing, and she, she lays at his feet. And we, we look at this because we don't understand the culture of this, and we don't understand everything that was going on culturally. But we look at that and go, uh, that's strange. But really, uh, she was... She was asking him to be her kinsman redeemer. And in those days, if your husband died, then in the Israelite law, then the next person in line as the kin was to take his brother's wife and take them in marriage and have a son with her so that she would carry on or so that son would carry on the name of the first husband, the brother that she was married to. And so this is going back to the law. And so Ruth doesn't understand 
Israelite law. She wasn't raised up as an Israelite. She was raised up as a Moabite. So she's getting her instruction from a woman that knows the law and knows the principles of the word of God. And so she's, she's saying, okay, I'll do everything that you tell me to do. She goes and she lays at his feet and she says, will you cover me? Meaning the, the, the end of your uh, robe or the end of your uh, garment that you have, it, it's a significant sign of covering her as a protector or as a security coming under his covering, coming under his wing. And of course, God talks about that even in Ezekiel. He talks about us at salvation that we come under his covering that he covered us with the edge of his garment and so what's going on here is she's asking him to be the kinsman redeemer she's asking him to cover her and so he tells her he says well tomorrow morning he said there's one that's actually closer than me so by law because he was a man of God by law that person has the right first to either take you or uh, pass it on to the next person in line, which would be me. And so he says, I need to go approach that person first and ask them. And so the next morning he gets up, he goes to the gate, and he asks uh, that person. But the point I went, because we'll get in, that's, that's point four, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But point three is that she sought out and obeyed and activated the law of God. First of all, was the character and the diligence, and it opened the door to favor. But the third thing was she activated the law of God, the word of God in her life by obeying it and seeking it out. Naomi gives her this word that might sound strange to her customs. What? I got to go lay down at his feet, and I got to ask him if he'll cover me, and I got to do this at, at, at the, on the threshing floor after he's threshed all day, and, and he's going to be like, who are you? What are you doing at my feet? This sounds weird to me. This sounds strange. I've never done anything like this. I've never heard of it. But Naomi knows what the word of God is. She knows the law of God, and she's telling him, this is the custom. This is the law. This is the word of God. In order to, to receive redemption, in order to receive the salvation, in order to find your restoration. And she says, I will do everything that you tell me to do. This is, this is super key to our success because we can know the word of God, but if we don't do what it says, we forfeit our success. We forfeit, and, and we try to reason everything in our mind, well, you know, God, I'll just give you part of it, and then, you know, you give me part grace for this, or you give me part faith. It, God doesn't work that way. He doesn't share his glory with another. So it's either you're all in or not. You're either all committed, you're all covenant, or you're not. And so she's like, I will do what you tell me to do. And sometimes there's counsel that can come through godly people, and people still will do what they want to do. It's the human nature. It takes humbleness, and it takes a desire to want to do it God's way. Because in our nature, we want what we want now, and we want what's easy, we want what's comfortable, we want what feels good. That when we, were, when we felt the Lord uh, calling us back home, and we had to do the, the very hard task of, of 
letting the church know in Kay and I that, that God was calling us back. And that's never an easy thing to do. And there were some very special ladies that, that we had built relationships with, and they were, they were all Kapunas. They were all older than us. They were like grandmother figures, you know, to us. And, but there was this one lady that would come in almost every week. She would slip in late, and she would leave as soon as service was over. Like, as soon as it was done, and she would go back out the door. And she'd always sit in the back. We knew who she was, and we would try to, to talk with her. But many times, you know, we would, we would talk, and she'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And it, <laughs> it's like she just never said anything, and she left. And <laughs> there are some people you, you think we haven't impacted them a bit. And I'll never forget... The day that was our last Sunday, and she came and she cried and cried and cried. And I thought, she never even acted like she really cared for us that much. But somewhere along the way, she had made a connect, but I didn't know that. Somewhere along the way, there was an impact, and I didn't know. There are people that watch. They watch you. They watch your character. They watch your covenant with God. They watch your commitment. Will they stay committed even in the hard times? Are they consistent? Will they stay faithful in, in, the, in the moment when adversity comes? And they're faced with that moment of, do I trust in the word or do I, do I go the easy way? Do I walk the walk of, of not believing the word of God and I just kind of find my own way with it? And in those moments of rest, when you have to let the Lord do the work because there's nothing else you can do, you've rested on the word, you've chose to stand on the word, you cling to the word. And that's when you have to realize now's the time to rest. Not keep trying to move, not keep trying to work, not keep trying to, when, when the work is done and you followed the law and you did what you needed to do, then you rest in the word. You rest in the word. And there are those that are watching whether it's your children, your family. And you know, sometimes your family, they can be your, your hardest critics and they're, they're watching, they're looking. They even make comments that sound like they want you to fail because they, they want to see you mess up or they want to see you come back to the old ways. They want to see you, you know, do it the way they've done it. Because when you choose to step out in the things of God and it goes against the world or it goes against other people, it shows what they're not walking in. So they're not always going to be excited about it. 
So they're going to try to pull you back in. But your strength and your commitment to the Word of God will speak volumes more than any word that comes out of your mouth and you arguing with them. Let your life speak. You leave a legacy by how you live your life, by the things you do, the choices you make, your diligence, your commitment, your faith in God. It's not faith in people, it's faith in God. It's faith in His Word. Some people we make intentional impartations in because they're hungry and they they desire the things of God and so they come up and they ask and it's a great joy because for me I feel like that's part of you know a a few generations ago there were there were a lot of great men of God but there wasn't always the impartation it was a one-man system you know it was a somebody that preached And maybe they imparted to one that worked by them closely, but there wasn't a whole lot of impartation beyond that. But we want to impart into as many people as possible because we need a kingdom of God, a people that are strong and mighty in the Lord, people that are in the community, in the workplaces, in the schools, not just in the pulpit. Not just one pastor that leaves, a, leaves an inheritance to the next pastor. But there's an inheritance left inside of a whole congregation for them to have an impact. You have a people that you're around every day in your work, in your home. Whoever you're around on a regular basis, 